Ouija Empire 138. Woo! I'm your host, Brett. And I got two people with me. Uh, Italian gremlin, Chris Antista. <laughs> Polish Patrick. Uh, <laughs> Polish Fester. Patrick. <laughs> so, this episode is another one of those that I've had in the hopper for a long time and just never done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but given that I we do seemingly only four episodes a year now, uh, <laughs> it seemed like a good time to get this one out before uh, some unfortunate incident occurs i don't know I've been, I've been sick for three weeks so mm. let's try to get this out the door oh boy but uh what brought us in is the first stage of gremlins 2 mm. the mm. new batch mm. uh for the nes which i didn't realize this when i started but everything in here is either licensed or started off as licensed which is kind of weird you just told Very. me the concept of this episode like four minutes ago i yeah. had no idea the vg empire classic because yeah. we were so walking we the were door talking and be like today it's romance of the three kingdoms well we were talking Previously on, well, maybe to Retronauts, that Sunsoft was this weird unsung hero of good licensed games that, like, everyone holds aloft DuckTales and Konami's Tiny Tunes. But, right. dude, these Sunsoft yeah, yeah. games are real good. They're legit, yeah. Yeah, like almost, yeah, every one of them. I mean, one of them later in the show is like, <laughs> it's good, I guess, mm-hmm. but it's still like, what? It's infamous. <laughs> it's infamous. Um, but Gremlins 2 is a 1990 NES game, and it's one of those Goonies 2 things where there was no Gremlins 1 game. Mm-hmm. So, every, you know, naturally, it's like, why didn't they just call it? <laughs> Back then, that was a question well, people would the- go. It's like, what happened to Gremlins 1? Like, shut up. You know what happened to it. It was a little confusing <laughs> at the time, though, just because we. Yeah, they're kind of. It's based be a on the one, one movie that's out right now. I know, I know. But that, 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 for, for how ubiquitous Gremlins was. Yeah. Uh, and I, part of the reason why I love it, it was ubiquitous during my childhood. But everything everything involved with it holds up. Yep. Gremlins doesn't have a bad thing about it. Toys are cool. Both movies hold up really good. Yeah. And the one game they made. Other than the Wii one, uh, <laughs> which I have not played. I didn't um, know that was a thing. It, it, it was a thing. At like, well, there's eight years of shovelware for that system. But Isn't it just called Gizmo? I think it's just called Gizmo. Oh. Gremlins Gizmo. Huh. It's right next to the... It should be right next to the garbage pile outside of a Goodwill next to Jaws and Disneyland Adventures. Uh. <laughs> but Gremlins <laughs> rules, and I'm so happy it has a good game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird thing where we kind of have to almost explain Gremlins, and mm-hmm. then the next one we're going to have to explain the Addams Family. Uh, but so it's not just so I'm it, here. It's not just thir- uh, nearly thirty-year-old games. It's fifty-year-old shows. Uh, but Gremlins was a movie, mm-hmm. and then Gremlins Two was from this the year. mind of Chris Columbus, mm. uh, the man who discovered America and Home Alone. Yeah, <laughs> directed Home Alone. It's incredible. What, uh, what, 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 and what directed by Joe Dante and partially responsible for the PG-13 rating. Yeah, because the movie is very violent, it's dark. Mm. Yeah, and it's good. It's great, wonderful. A great Christmas movie mm-hmm. uh, that is actually Christmas, unlike mm-hmm. these fake Die Hard Christmas movie <laughs> things, which is like, no, that is. I'm glad like, someone's talking about it. Yeah, finally, there was that uh, weird dad backstory with the girl. That's the yes. only part of the movie that was like, this is a bit. And the second movie has a wonderful joke all about that. Oh, like I they reference it in the that. second film. I love that the second movie is the RoboCop two of Gremlins movies, <laughs> where it's yes. practically a parody of the first movie. It it also has an interesting backstory where Joe Dante did not want to make a follow up. They had to pressure him, but but under the. They couldn't get the effects guy back. They got Rick Baker. He's like, I don't want to do that. I didn't work on the first one. He's like, yeah. you can do whatever you want. What? If, and they clearly did whatever they want. And since I'm a big Chuck Jones Looney Tunes fan, I like it. Tons yeah. of people hate it. It's super silly. Yeah, it's real but, silly. But the thing that makes it very video game friendly is you play yes. as Gizmo, this super cute little uh, puffball guy who, who now has weapons. Who now gets like <laughs> total Rambo parody weapons. Yeah. And then the gremlins in this who are normally like the evil versions of Gizmo who instead of fuzzy, they're reptilian mm-hmm. and scaly but they're all very short. But in this, in the second movie, they go full on like uh, they just gain powers now, yes. depending on how they exist. So now there's one made of electricity. There's one that's a giant spider gremlin. It's true. So now those are bosses. 
and the whole game, the whole movie takes place in a in a you know in a building in a clamp, not not Trump. Yeah. Don't think about clamp. it. Yeah, Don't yeah. think about it. It's not an early parody of our president. Yeah, it's uh, just yeah, clamp, clamp. Uh, but that's what and then it leads to an awesome game because the clamp building has like a TV station in it, yeah, a yeah. cooking show, a genetic laboratory. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff going yeah. on. And each level of the stage is. Uh, Super detailed sprites. Yeah. The game looks really nice mm-hmm. uh, for 1990 NES game. It's very detailed, um, and then you have this music that is quintessential Sunsoft. So good, uh, yeah. composer Naoki Kodaka, who Did is really the stuff here. <laughs> yeah, everything else in this show. Mm-hmm. But um, Almost, yeah. it, it created they created a sound that was so unique to specifically Sunsoft games. And we've actually covered two series already: Batman, mm-hmm. uh, not just the in 1989 Batman movie, but also Return of the Joker mm-hmm. that came out after that as well as Blaster Master, which we did about a year ago when uh, Zero came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but did those as well, as well as the games we'll talk about here. But uh, before we get into like what Kodaka and this team at Sunsoft did, we'll just jump into a couple of other Gremlin songs. Oh. Uh, it's just Stage 3, Stage 5. <laughs> That's uh, their names. They don't have anything fancy about them. <laughs> um, but again, I played this a lot as a kid. This is a game I, had, I asked for for Christmas at one point mm. and was just blown away by the music. And this is one of those early days of like, I would hold up a boombox to my mm-hmm. TV and record game music off air and you can hear me like sitting in a chair next to it heavily breathing or something <laughs> and I'm clearly just like oh, I should stop it after it's, this one alright one more loop and it's like shut up me the, only, the game's only sin is that it's short that's it it's very short it's very short I, I did hear it's short so I, I'm, it's fair but it's it's not like balls hard like every other licensed game mm. it's, it's just fair it's a fair game so I'm weird and I still have yet to play this game I've seen it in action <laughs> but uh, the way I got into its music mm-hmm. was through one of those one of the first uh, video game music cover bands, The Advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they there was one like EP or album where they went from uh, Fester's Quest cover straight into uh, Gremlins Two cover, mm-hmm. and I was really uh, blown away by it. it's like super catchy and yeah uh, that's that was my uh, introduction to mm. the soundtrack and I've loved it. I loved listening to the original ever since it's yeah. super good we may have played one of their songs on the show before like uh, Advantage I, I probably played Marble Madness at some surely because Marble Madness is probably one. yeah I mean they're they're one of the very first like them mini bosses yeah yeah uh, those kind those of are the pioneered first, those are the first two is mini bosses yeah. Advantage and then like any Eskimos Eskimos right yeah. nope Mm. Uh, they would give you so much crap if you called them. But it's still, that's the thing is it still works. Either way, any Eskimos right. works and Eskimos right. works. So it's this fine. Sounds like you're asking if there's any Eskimos. Yeah, there's at least four. Uh, but yeah, this is stage three and stage five from Gremlins 2. Uh, yeah. Composer Naoki Kadaka. <laughs> Thank you. 
yeah, that crunchiness, that evil noise. There's there's something like it's it's so crazy and wacky how they were able to manipulate because there's no uh, additional kind of like how Konami uh, created a special sound chip. Sure. I don't think they did that for their music. They just worked with the limitations of the NES sound chip and exceeded them. Yeah. Somehow. So yeah, my understanding is uh, there's that's what the sample channel. Yeah. And on the NES sound capabilities, and instead of they would use the sound the sample channel and use it for like a bass line or extra percussion or something. Right. And, uh, normally a sound you couldn't get out of the NES and then that would just make this extra crunchy bass line or again, a harder hitting drum or something like that. Right. Cause you're not hearing like the usual NES triangle, low bassy, like, right, right. like sound or anything. So yeah. I, I have a brief quote here from Schmupulations, which uh, takes older interviews, translates them. Uh, really incredible. I actually found a 1986 game music interview yeah like, they're great that has like old capcom and snk people yep. in it from like 1986 and, and like, mostly female too <laughs> yeah, yeah it's incredible and it's like man this these guys were so ahead of it uh, but there's a brief quote uh, again though you should read the whole article on shmupulations uh from kodaka um it's a long interview but this is one thing i pulled out where it says uh, we always had the ambition to create sounds that no company had made before we were the first to experiment with mini ideas, following our motto, Make the Famicom Sing! Yeah. <laughs> I love uh, that. For example, we experimented with combining triangle waves and noise waves to make a drum sound, or we try using delta-encoded samples huh? for bass. I have no idea. Uh, we also created a fake reverb effect through software coding. The Famicom wasn't the king of... Was, the, the Famicom wasn't the kind of anyone-can-do-it programming common with MIDI instruments. The level of craftsmanship in a song was easy to hear. From my perspective as the composer, the sound programmers at Sunsoft then were like artisanal craftsmen with mm. awe-inspiring abilities. Nah. And it is it is awe-inspiring. They clearly lacked the Gremlins theme. So they had to cobble together something similar, which just sounds like Saturday morning Castlevania music. Right. Yeah. It's not terribly <laughs> foreboding, but it is. it has a horror bend to it. Right. I, uh, so that interview, it, it came from... Um, th- this CD is still on sale in Japan, or you what? can like uh, buy it online. It's called uh, ROM Cassette Disc in Sunsoft. It's like a $25-ish Whoa. CD and has all the different Sunsoft soundtracks, so, even Batman. So here's the thing. Like two or three years ago when I was in Japan, uh, every time I go, you try to load up on game music. <laughs> and the last time I was there, I saw a giant Sunsoft logo and I, on, hmm. on a two-disc set, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I didn't really even think about it. It's like... I just saw like Famicom, Sunsoft, and I'm like, yes, I, I don't need any more. Right. And I buy it, and then only like that night when I'm like, all right, let me look at let me look at my haul, and I open it up, and it is all like pre 1989, whatever Sunsoft was oh, really? doing. And it's got it, the wrong one. It's like volume one of whatever this is, and yeah. then there's like some other one that has the things I actually want. Yeah, there's a, there was like a 2013 re-release of that Damn CD. It. I yeah. always wondered what happened happened to them. Even as a little kid, their their name was like a mark of quality. And they just seemingly like went away. They're I, still around. I looked I them think. up. They definitely yeah, still exist. They, exist. they still exist. But like as a little kid, it was like Capcom, Konami, Sunsoft. That game's going to be good if I see that. If I see that name on the box. Yeah, there was generally a signal of quality, especially between Batman and mm-hmm. Gremlins mm-hmm. alone, and Blaster Master. Yeah, Blaster Master was one of the first things I ever played. Yeah, right. I'd be like, oh, at the very least, it it warrants a look mm-hmm. rather than certain logos you'd see and be like, I'm not even touching that. Right. Go away, Jalico. So, hey, uh, come on. <laughs> Joe and Mac? The only City Connection fan in the room. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> it has to be. We have talked about this at great length. City Connection. The, uh, uh. the, the fascinating thing from uh, that, uh, another fascinating thing from that interview with Kodaka was he mentioned how he would compose at home 
with sheet music and he would bring that to work and the sound programmers would take that pick out the instruments oh program, pro do their programming magic and he would give feedback on this should sound more like this that sort of thing so and he had yeah. no idea about the engineering uh, um, no, he he did from working with with the team, but okay. it was it was like a perfect harmony of composer mm. and sound pro programmer. Mm -hmm. And to me, that kind of raises a, a a weird question of like how involved were other game composers at the time with actually mm. the programming yeah, side? The, I know in, Capcom in, composers definitely. Yeah, because you hear their their stories of like, and then I had to go to the computer. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> and and so like it, there's this uh, weird thing of here's the composer but here's a sound bro programmer who's actually choosing the the sounds yeah i think you, I, you, you just could have coined the term programmer programmer <laughs> dude look at my triangle waves right. so huge so yeah a programmer it, is a professional instagrammer by the way ah <laughs> so it, no but legit it, it makes me wonder like how involved some composers yeah. were with actually picking the sounds no, and that's crazy sort of thing, it, yeah. there's little things you don't think about until 30 yeah. years later how they did it yeah but i think sunsoft shows like the perfect harmony between composer and programmer and them working together passionately on something they legitimately care about. So I, I dig that a lot. Um, yeah. 2010, Sunsoft announced the release of Blaster Master Overdrive for WiiWare. Sunsoft also released Air of the Acrobat 1-2 on Virtual Console. So they're still carrying yeah, things. Even but I couldn't some kind that. of pu publishing thing. I, I looked into it. It looked like disinterest in the market. It didn't seem like they were chased away or had a high-profile yeah. failure. Was and there was, was their logo in Blaster Master Zero? Yes. Yeah, I believe I mean, it was. I, be, I beat it, but I don't know. When, so. when I went to, was, I, yeah. when I wandered into the Nintendo appointment, people were wearing Sunsoft shirts and oh, like, where, wow. have you, where have you been? That's <laughs> my last unicorn <laughs> reference for everyone. That was a great game. I, I loved it. It was. Yeah. Um, but there's also, if you want a, if you want a technical like demonstration, which I'm not going to play here, but uh, there's a great YouTube channel uh, explanation of this on this channel called Expl uh, Get a pen. Uh, <laughs> Explod 2A03. Nice. Uh, but it runs through all these techniques and then gives audio examples of how the Sunsoft team would work around these limitations. So I, I transcribed what some of their you know, examples were, but then in, in the actual video they have songs playing behind it, which we have yet to play in this episode. But the sample channel on the NES wasn't frequently used for melodic parts. Mm. You'd use it as a sample, uh, like a screaming sound effect or something, right. perhaps, or turtle power. <laughs> uh, a heavy use of samples was unpopular because of the ROM space they required. However, a handful of sun Sunsoft soundtracks used samples extensively for the bass lines. The following games used similar or identical samples. Batman, uh, Return of the Joker, Gremlins 2, Mr. Gimmick, Super Spy Hunter, and among others. While Fester's Quest had a different bass sounds and a couple of orchestra hits. Get ready for that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but that takes us into Fester's Quest. Everybody, Adam Stanley fans in the use, but that's what's great about this. I didn't even find that out till we did a retronauts about it. That this is some maniac at Sunsoft licensing the show. The movies are not out yet. Yeah, this is pre. That's right. Know, uh, what's his? Um, Raul Julia, Julia, Angelica Houston, Christina Ricci. Like before that, Lloyd. Before that, before the pinball game was ubiquitous in every single pizza parlor right. you've ever been in. And then this is the title screen music. Orchids, oh, man. man. And it's funky to boot. <laughs> the whistle. Uh, but so, <laughs> my God. Adam's mm -hmm. Family was a 50s, 1950s? It was black and white. A very short-lived show based on a comic strip. Might have been early 60s. Yeah, Sean Astin's um, dad, John Astin, as Gomez Adams. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, a house of, like, 
gothic weirdos who would have silly adventures or like what a, what weird neighbors these like these it, Adams it does are. hold up really well I'm sure it does like it, that this is one of the like I I want like every time I see gifts now mm-hmm. of those even of the movies the movies are great I'm like. Are those secretly excellent? They are. They're, they're uh, really good. I yeah. saw them as a kid and was like, that seemed good, and then mm-hmm. never thought about it again. Adam's and Family Values w- should be a Thanksgiving tradition it for everyone. Is. Wow. It's that, really good. Especially that one scene. It's yes. really, really good. <laughs> I, uh, but before all that happened, you played uh, this short, becloaked <laughs> man. No, with, clearly the most popular member of the Adams Family. Uh, uh, man with a blunderbuss who walks around blasting aliens or whatever it was. And this is a game, and it's like oh, it, it looks kind of like... Uh, uh, Blaster Master's mm-hmm. overhead areas where you're walking around an overhead map and then you go underground into a sewer and those are the literal two songs we're going to play oh, boy. is above ground and below ground. They are both <laughs> insanely good. But yeah. just as a video game, it's it's kind of confusing as to what you're supposed to do. And then also, again, I had Gremlins. I had this game. Yeah, most people... for I never asked for it. Yeah. Like, I swear this is one of those... like. Your parents saw it and was like, oh, yeah. I watched that when I was a kid. My kid would like this. And I remember my mom coming home, and it's fester. And I'm like, what? I don't even – is this the – oh, is this the black and white show? Yeah, it, if you got it when it came out, you wouldn't – you probably wouldn't have any idea what it was. I'm more, really more of a Munsters guy. Yeah. Like, but because there's no movie. There's no – this is not popular. And this is that thing where, like, you know, your parents never come home. Surprise, it's a video game. Like, mm-hmm. like it happened, like, four times in my Me life. Me too. And it always life. because whatever showed up at Ross – for like twenty dollars at the checkout line that my mom could impulse buy, yep. snake rattle and roll, baby. Wow. So, so like, that's how I got nineteen forty two. Astyanax, which we never, oh wow, never agreed in the pronunciation of Astyanax. Man, what was another one? Yeah, nineteen forty two because the airplanes. Top Gun because it was Top Gun. Also airplanes. Fester's Quest, and then I think those are the only three that I was just like I didn't even I didn't have to pull your teeth. Nothing. Yeah, didn't have to ask. Showed up. I think we, we in the Retronauts, we kind of, it, it might have been one of the first discount games because games that, you did not get discounted that frequently. I mean, I wasn't paying attention, so. Uh, but because everybody, everybody seemed to have it and no one really liked it or had finished it because mm-hmm. it's, it's incredibly difficult. That's what I hear. And, but pretty short if you know what you're doing. If you doing. know what you're doing, yeah. but I think it has one of those things if you don't do something correct at the beginning. It Your whole game is screwed. Wow. But it, but even as a licensed thing, it's mm-hmm. like it's clearly like there was some thought put into it. There was, and they tried to make a thematically inconsistent game with what the show was about. <laughs> uh, but fine, um, it's it's no Pugsley Scavenger Hunt. It might have one of the like. Really, you would use that cover to try and sell a product? Yeah, it's his grimacing, like, triple chin face. Like Even rear back for a, a full-on jowl jamboree with yeah, a spider yeah, yeah. crawling across his forehead. Yeah, and it's, this is like, yeah. It's perfectly unsettling. Uh, but um, we'll go into the, these songs here uh, from Fester's Quest. These are both so good. Overworld, which you can imagine. Uh, this is a certified banger. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, please imagine Fester walking around... Uncle Fester, by the way, mm-hmm. walking around to this song, and then when you go into the sewer, you <laughs> I get love this one. You get a slow jam that actually takes it takes like a minute to get to. You're like, oh, this is kind of plotting and slow and creepy yeah, and creepy, yeah. and then all of a sudden it adds this extra this extra beat kicks in. And you're like, oh my god, this is huge. It's dope. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, Overworld and Underworld from Fester's Quest.
So again, Adam's family. Adam's Woo. family. Uh, needlessly awesome music. Yeah. For <laughs> exploring a sewer, and I can't even remember what the enemies were. I think there I think was they were some. Aliens. There, yeah, it was aliens. Mm-hmm. There was some bit to them, like they were just legs. <laughs> but also, Fester's thing mm-hmm. was that he would put a light bulb in his mouth, mm-hmm. and the light bulb would turn on. And that's the joke. <laughs> yes. Like, well, I, I would like, I would compare Adam's family. You ever you remember Gros- Oscar the Grouch? Yeah. How like everything bad is good. It's like Adam's family's like that, but with horror. Like everything people think are yeah. gross or scary, they thoroughly enjoy. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It separates them from the monsters, which is just a regular sitcom parody with monsters. And I just love bringing that up. I do a show called Laser Time, all about pop culture examination. The first I've heard of this. That <laughs> this is a, Adam's family is a two season show. It lasted for less than two years, but when they needed when they needed to fill space on cable and syndicated channels, yeah. it's like, well, this holds up a lot better visually and tonally than Donna Reed, the Donna Reed Show, or some something sure. boring like that, so like a traditional sitcom. So it's lived, it's lived for it's it's lived for almost seventy years. It's been it's been, been relevant numerous times during that. That's, mm. I just think that's nuts. Yeah, it's crazy based on a comic strip. I mean, yeah, monsters not so much. Yeah, the well, I but I love the monsters back, more. Who is in Gremlins 2? Uh, oh, <laughs> Grandpa Munster? <laughs> Al Lewis? Uncle Al, Grandpa Al? Yes, uh, true. Does he get killed? Uh, no, I think he gets to save the day. He saves the day. Him. And then Hulk Hogan yells at the... Hulk Hogan saves the intermission. Yeah. Uh, in the Only in the theatrical version. Yeah. If you've, if you've never seen it, because I never did, look it up. In the theatrical version of the movie, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, the film rips in half and you see shapes of gremlins and they do like shadow bunnies on yeah, the projector. Yeah, basically, yeah, gremlins ruin the movie. And the Hulk Hogan goes, <laughs> oh, hey, brother! Oh oh, 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 oh! Let's do it. Okay, you guys, listen up. People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Do I have to come up there myself? Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too right now. <laughs> it sucks because in the VHS version they, they cut that out. Why would they? They do cut that? It because they replaced it with a clip of a fake of John Wayne with his mouth matted over yelling at the gremlins to make it a different it's, somebody was thinking overthinking it like we can't cut a film strip on a VHS tape kids won't get that and like I've been watching Looney Tunes for years I'm fine relax but then that led to this uh, edit hot cold soda yeah hot cold soda and cold hot popcorn right now right now in the projection booth hot cold soda and cold hot Uh, anyway, wow. Does anybody else miss YTMD? Uh, all right. I miss those days. Uh, on with the rest of the show. Uh, <laughs> Sun soft, right? Hot cold grim- soda. Stupid gremlins. <laughs> um, but one of the other notes from uh, that Explode YouTube channel uh, mentions that the the samples that are really the backbone for a lot of what we're hearing here, this extra crunchiness in the bass lines, samples can only be lowered in pitch, meaning the highest pitch notes in a song need to be sampled, and then they can only be pitched down. Huh. to use elsewhere in the song. Samples that are lowered in pitch slow down their playback speed. This causes samples that are repitched to their lowest notes to be available to be sound distorted. I kind of understand what's going on there. <laughs> right. It, it does sound like uh, quite a hurdle for the programmers to get past, but they... They did it. They they, they cared so much that, you know, they plowed through it. Fester's Fe- Quest, again, was another one that I first heard... The Advantage do a oh, yeah. cover. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. you have a sample I do. of it so there. This is, yeah, the aforementioned Advantage. It's so good. Doing the sewer stage. Yeah. 
But yeah, the advantage in general, they, I think their stuff might be on what, probably Bandcamp, iTunes. I think I've seen it on Spotify I've too. Definitely bought stuff. Yeah. I've listened to them legit- it's around. legitimately for sure. But I love I love the mood this song, this song presents. Jimmy. Yeah. I love it really feel like Scooby Doo and Shaggy. <laughs> it does feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zoics. God, I'm not high, I swear. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a special episode where they're like, oh no, we've wandered into the, the weed den. Because I want to do my dorky diligence, uh, I want to shout out the game for licensing the Adams Family theme. Yeah. Ri- actually, written by Vic Mizzy. Huh. Uh, the person who the Green Acres theme, tons of television. Oh, the voice of Groot? No, no. <laughs> Vic Mizzy uh, also did, uh, he scored like a billion Don Knotts movies. Shaky's Gun in the West. The Reluctant Astronaut, that's him, man. Yeah, wow. you, I know what you're asking. That same one? I know what you're asking, people. Ghost of <laughs> Mr. Chicken? Yes, him as well. What about Mr. Limpet? No, but well, the love god, question mark? <laughs> May! <laughs> the love god! This this goes down in history as the least relatable episode of the show. Sorry, uh, it you is, lost me. I don't like having this knowledge in my head. It is, it is again, 30-year-old games referencing 30-year-old at the time shows. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. And then talking about... Don Knotts movies. Hey, look, we're we're currently going to go see our favorite comic book characters in the movie screen. We're eating That's all the old true. culture too. That's true. Uh, remember it. when we were almost going to do a countdown to the anniversary of Don Knotts' death? We were because like thirty twenty ten was going to accidentally start on like the tenth anniversary of his death. <laughs> no, <laughs> and, and we're like we have to start it on that. Anyway. You want to kick off with that tone? And ten years ago this week, Bye-bye, Don Knotts um. bit it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's a great man. Oh, he's a I wonderful guess. man. He has more Emmys than you do. That's definitely true. It's true. More than I'll ever have. Uh, that brings us to the last game. I'm just going to pretend to know what you guys are talking about. Don <laughs> uh, Maybe that... Barney uh, Fife and the Andy Griffin Show. If you watch TV at all in the 80s, you you at least... Three pa- company? Pa- passively watched nine or you 12 of his movies. I, I wasn't even born yet. Gus, oh, yeah. the field goal kicking mule. I wasn't born when any of this stuff was on at was, all. Andy Griffith show? In, a, in, in the in the eras of the 80s before cable was like super widespread, mm-hmm. setting a cable like 90 or 91, mm-hmm. it was just, I have four channels, yeah. and they are, you bet they're Aaron Don Knotts movies, yes. Saturday at 4 p.m. Oh, there's only only 17 more hours till Adam West Batman. Just, just <laughs> count it down. Something yeah. for me. Just run Astro Boy again. But that brings us to the last game. Uh, which is so nice. Journey to Silius. Yes. Um, I wish it didn't sound so silly. Yeah, that name sucks. And it was super hard, I recall. It's a difficult game, 2D run and gun, uh, that at this point, everybody knows it was originally, well, a lot of people know at this point, everybody is a very can, gener- generous term. Can I guess? I Because I only know this through you, because you gave me the soundtrack very early on. Huh. Uh, when we were working. Is it Terminator? It is Terminator. Okay. This was supposed was to be a pre, this is pre-T2, there is no second Terminator. Oh, so just a monster, like There's a just, bad Arnold. Yeah, this is the last boss of the game, even when they changed it to whatever this is, mm-hmm. the last boss is a straight up a Terminator, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like on the moon. Uh, but <laughs> it's it's clearly it was supposed to be a Terminator game, uh, and there's even uh, my old Game Music of the Day articles I used to do, mm-hmm. I found the Nintendo Power article that actually shows... The Terminator prototype? It's like, Terminator, there's going to be a Terminator game. Here's a screenshot. You're like, oh, that's Journey to Silius. And then yeah. the next time it shows up a year later, it's called Journey to Silius. It's pretty convincing. Like, Sunsoft also... Solar Man? That, that didn't come out, but like oh, it looked it clearly Superman. like it was Superman? Yeah. Powered by the sun? Well, we huh. played the Sunsoft... Uh, was that Sunsoft? The Super NES game? We streamed it on Laser Time, and I rewatched it when I was super sick like two weeks ago. Oh, was that Sunsoft? The Batman Forever game? 
No, no, no. The the Superman game. I don't think it was Sunsoft. It's Chemco. Chemco. Okay. Right. Uh, I haven't laughed that hard <laughs> since we did it the first time. Superman but, uh, uses ladders, pays to use the subway, uh, is smaller than I, everyone. I'm like deathly ill and like hacking up a lung watching the stream. Beating uh, up Seamus's. So good. Please watch that in our Batman and Robin stream where we just struggle to do the most basic inputs. Wow. Anyway, Journey mm-hmm. Silius, again, run and gun 2D game, but futuristic setting. And it looks very much like every time Terminator 1 or 2 flash to the future mm-hmm. and it's like all blue laser lights and pi- piles of human skulls everywhere. Ooh. It, it feels like that. It doesn't look quite as cool as that imagery, but it, it's definitely invoking that future. Okay. You're not Kyle Reese fighting in present day. Mm-hmm. It's clearly that time. That is such a cool concept that's uh, totally ahead of its time. Yeah, and it's if they had done it, it would have been an okay Terminator game, but mm-hmm. instead it's an okay other game. Right. But the music is outrageously oh, good. Man. It the- is... Uh, and it's oh, they could have that Terminator love theme. Oh yes, the the title screen, like within the first like two or three seconds, you're already like, this is the catchiest NES tune I've ever heard. And it's again super crunchy. And then as I'm listening to them all again to write notes for the show, it it occurred to me just how again they did they didn't have any Terminator music, obviously, but all of this. We'll start with the title screen. Hard hitting, like you said, immediately blows you away. Like this is mm-hmm. this is this is a whole other level. So melodic, yeah. Um, but it feels like a cinematic '80s like action movie score. It just has these mm-hmm. hooks that you're like, oh, this is like, you know, I've watched the Rambo movie, and now this is the theme from Rambo. I'm going to remember, or a Rocky movie, or mm-hmm. you go see Predator, and even though there's not like the Predator overture, there's music <laughs> when you're watching Predator. You're like, oh yeah, I remember this as I'm watching it. This this theme repeats throughout the movie. It's so good at doing that and invoking an '80s action movie vibe. Mm-hmm. So. Four songs. Title screen, stage one, which is another equally classic, just as good as the title screen. Um, theme two is slower, but still has that 80s dystopian double dragon vibe where, like, everything's gone wrong. Um, a lot of cool, again, audio tricks in here to keep your uh, ears peeled for. And then th- uh, theme four, uh, big dramatic, chugging guitar, so good. Uh, again, title screen, and then stage one, two, and four from Journey to Silius.
Yes. Uh, each of those, again, just so cinematic with the, the diverse in, invoking and... that 80s vibe. And again, like this is either a training montage or a <laughs> gymnastics <laughs> massa- uh, montage where we're training to get the gold. And we're going to learn all the basic tricks. <laughs> so many legs swinging around a pommel horse. Oh, yeah. so I can see oh, it yeah, now. Absolutely. Also, if you really like that, uh, my friend uh, Amanda LaPree, she has a band, Descendants of Erdrich, that covered some Journey mm. to Silius music. Highly recommend. If you is want, that like. Pan- a- was is that? that panel we were on filmed and it's on yeah. YouTube? Or? Yeah, I think you shared it on VG Empire Probably back did. in the day of that distant year of 2015. Oh, boy. Dude, uh, First time uh, hearing of it. What was uh, that? Uh, the Universality of Game Music panel at PAX East 2015. I did post it on the site, vgempire.com. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it it is still up on YouTube. I think it's under my personal oh, nice. YouTube uh, page. So cool. It was a, it was a good time. It was fun. Yeah. It was like me, you, uh, Amanda, uh, Elisa Menez, uh, Shota Nakama, mm-hmm. and oh god, who am I missing? Was Larry on there? Larry, Larry, Larry OG, OG from, from uh, OCR. OC, OCR, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh man, this and again, this was uh, focusing mostly on well, entirely on. Uh, Naoki Kodaka and Sunsoft, not so much. Well, like Mr. Gimmick uh, is Sunsoft. That was Kagayama, but someone yeah. else. Uh, I, I, I do want to shout out the programmers though, because I feel like sure. they yeah, deserve yeah, yeah, a, yeah, exactly. a credit. Yeah. Uh, so no, Nobuyuki, no, sorry, Nobuyuki Hara, who actually sadly he like passed away shortly after like those games released. He was responsible for the sound programming mm. for Batman NES. Mm. So it's like all you folks out there, this was the guy. And then also uh, now he's uh, Morota. And Shunichi Seiya. That was the... And, of course, Naoki Kodaka. That was, like, the Sunsoft sound team. Our hat goes Excellence. off Excellence. And, uh, I, honestly, I feel like uh, there are big, there's, like, a big four when it comes to NES game music. Kind of like mm-hmm. how Thrash Metal has the big four. The big four of the NES era, to me, were Sunsoft, mm-hmm. uh, Capcom, Konami, and Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I think they all... I'd almost put Tecmo thing. in there. Uh, okay, I'll, like, I'll, Nintendo, let you, I'll let you get away with that. Because Nintendo, <laughs> I, I love, but it's it's much more like like these immortal nursery rhymes. Nursery sure, like, they, sound, like like dude, Zelda. I'm not going to argue ever, mm-hmm. but like it is compared to the technological achievements of like when I hear Ninja Gaiden, it's like this is mm-hmm. just blowing away. Okay, so we'll we'll replace Nintendo with Tecmo because N- Nintendo's on their own ethereal plane of uh, excellence yeah and when it comes to like like just iconic and like you know oh, everybody knows Ninja Gaiden nobody, push the nobody, boundaries nobody, yeah nobody yeah. knows like we know Ninja Gaiden music but like if you go down like you could play the Mario or Zelda theme literally millions more people will know that because mm. it did stick with them because it was designed to be so memorable and, and, and listenable whereas Ninja Gaiden it's like well, if you're not into like metal or whatever this is approximating, <laughs> you might not it might not stick with you so much. Whereas Nintendo was yeah, it was orchestral converted down into eight bit or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, Metroid, I guess, got into like a sci fi claustrophobic thing. Um, let's say let's say there's a top five. There you go. There, so you that, that works a lot better. We figured. We figured <laughs> the NCAA. You didn't need a Final Four. Yeah, I was all hopped up on the Big Four of Thrash Metal ideas. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll allow the, the Who top are the Big five. Four in Thrash Metal? I oh, that was uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and An- Anthrax. Okay. No, no love for Pantera. Surprising. Well, they, Surprising. Were, they were after. So, kind of. <laughs> I was more of a rat fan. I yeah, I was a big rat fan. What goes around comes around. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we Yuck. always called it the fairground song. Yeah, yeah. Because I never heard it on the radio. I only heard it at the county fair every it is year. When the uh, did I tell you when I saw a Rat in the year two thousand? I saw them once in the year two thousand, and he was just—it's like this old guy dressed up like a young guy. It kind of looks like a like a forty-year-old Prappa the Rapper. And the first thing he said, "What do you think?" The first thing the guy from Rat says, "Hey, y'all, how you doing?" 
anyone out there smoke weed? I'm like, sometimes? <laughs> Be rats. What are you doing? <laughs> Sounds like a Roxo, the rock and roll cloud kind of thing. <laughs> it does. You're like, okay. This is such a how do you do fellow kids thing. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> play round and round, yes, and then go away. We'll talk please. about weed. Get out of here. <laughs> but other other quick uh, notes of the songs that uh, Naoki Kodaka worked on that aren't in this era: uh, Albert Odyssey, Ooh, so um, which is one of those I remember from back in the day, but didn't dig into at oh, all. That it, name is super familiar. I'm not. I think that was only in. I don't think that was ever translated. Was it? Mm. I don't think it was brought here. Uh, it's one of those like I it came out SNES RPGs or Super Famicom. Didn't yeah. some some version had to come out over here, right? I know there was a Saturn version later. Because like it, I know the name. Well, anyway, yeah. I think the Saturn one might have come. I, out maybe over that's here. what I'm thinking of. I will say, if you like the orc hits of Fester's Quest, you will love <laughs> Albert Odyssey. Um, <laughs> the orc. There are lots of orc hits in in that Super Famicom. Enjoy, soundtrack. Daniel. And it was orchestrated. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Kodaka mentioned that he worked with like an orchestra during his time, and that was for the Game Music Concert Japan CDs from mm-hmm. the 90s, because nice. they did uh, Albert Odyssey. Wow. So. But nowadays, Kodaka apparently teaches music. He's like a professor. What does he know? <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't uh, do game music anymore, sadly. But Well, hopefully inspiring a new gen to do just that. For yeah. sure. Um, and then uh, we did cover, again, some of these songs already from Blaster Master, got its own episode, and... There were two different Batman episodes back when I was trying to make a Batman Superman themed month when Batman vs. Superman came out. Uh, and it turns out you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> but, uh, it's not good. It was one good one good round of game music in that batch, I think. Uh, no, the Game Boy one is from uh, Manami, Manami Yatsume. Oh, okay. So yeah. the Mega Man composer. So like the Game mm. Boy Batman movie uh, game is like, wow, this is remarkably good. And then Legit. Superman on Genesis is also remarkably good. Mm. But y'all didn't show up. So uh, <laughs> what? go back two years and uh, give that a listen. Uh, and especially the Blaster Master episode. Tons of great stuff in there. But thanks for listening. Uh, VGEmpire.com. We obviously have slowed down the number of posts, but the site is not dead. And uh, we'll just keep updating uh, whenever we get a chance. But if you guys have other plugs. Yeah, listen to Laser Time or the Laser Time Network. We do other shows. Brett, uh, help start 302010. That show is really, <laughs> really, really fun. Uh, looking 3020 and 10 years ago. Back, I've done my best because we're still in 88 and like. I can still find little bits and pieces of NES game release dates, but it's real it's, hard and slow and strange. NES in the in the US really blows up. It's like eighty nine and ninety when it becomes like ubiquitous. Yeah, and I mean eighty eight. It's it's still killing it. One, in of, my, one of my new tricks, and I, I I love this part of the research, is I'll just I'll look up blank commercial mm. and there's always some maniac who record who like up has uploaded every commercial break from shows yeah. with a with oh, a date attached so it's that. like the yeah. game has to be out if this is in, if it aired on this day the yeah. game has to be out <laughs> uh but yeah old game contra i believe just came out at the beginning of the year celebrating 30th anniversary nice uh all that stuff 30 2010 we look 30 20 and 10 years ago and video game apocalypse for more current video game news uh. and reviews so uh, that leaves me. Uh, YouTube.com slash VGDrum. Uh, recently, I've been on a Quake 2 fan arrangement album called Stragos Rising. Check out my track, Stealth Frag, for some sweet, sweet drumming action. And uh, I think that's all I've got. At uh, Patrick KUL on Twitter. Hit me up. Talk, uh, talk game music to me. Talk nerdy to me. Cool. And we'll go out with uh, the ending theme to Journey to Silius, which is... Again, in that 80s movie fashion, just imagine imagine you just watched Sylvester Stallone save democracy 
And now the credit roll begins uh, to a steamy sunset. Freeze frame. Over a palm tree. <laughs> and this is the song. It's so fitting and perfect. Um, but thanks for listening. And we'll see you soon.